This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's talk Celtics and their improbable, if you think it was an improbable victory over Philadelphia. and Upcoming uh, date with the Cleveland Cavaliers. The incomparable Jackie McMullen joins us from ESPN. Hey, Jackie, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing great, good. thanks. You know, think how good the Celtics could be, Jackie, if they had a coach worthy of, like, a single coach of the year vote. <laughs> yeah, so you know what? The coaching fraternity, Rick Carlisle being the president and the Don, if you will, because he does have some mafioso qualities, and I love Rick. This is pretty simple to me. Don Casey's been on the hot seat for a while, and even before they lost the way they did to the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think his job security was a legitimate question, and that's what's going on here. They're trying to, to give Don Casey a little nudge. However, as we know, as we follow NBA history, coach of the years get fired all the time. <laughs> it really does happen. In fact, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Masai Ujiri, who's the GM in Toronto, also was the GM when he fired George Carl after he won coach of the year. Yeah, there's a bad stretch of coaches of the year that all lost their jobs. Like what Doc Rivers in Orlando was one of those guys as well. Right, but that's it. And you know, it, this is no, this really isn't any reflection on Brad Stevens. There's no, hey, uh, college guy, you you have a few more years before you can be part of our club. It's it, he's very well respected across the league. I mean, every time I talk to somebody in the league, uh, with Greg Popovich, by the way, at the front of the line, I'll say hello to them before I even can say anything else. They're asking me, you know, wow, is he as good as he seems? You know, so there, there's great respect for Brad throughout the league. This is much ado about nothing, guys. So no jealousy or pettiness? I think Charles Barkley said last night after the game that that's what he thought it was amongst the coaches. You're saying that's not the case. I don't think so, at least not in my, not in yeah. my experience. Because, you know, sometimes coaches will talk to you about various things, but very rarely have I come across a guy, a coach, where whoever I'm talking to unannounced, without me ever mentioning Brad Stevens' name, he comes up and they tell me the things they like about him and respect about him. So... I just think this is more about um, a coaching fraternity trying to look out after their one own. I mean, one thing we know for sure is Brad Stevens' job is not in any danger. I think we can agree on that, right? Absolutely. As long as he wants to stay. Yeah, seriously. Which player, Jackie, through the first two rounds for the Celtics has been been the most eye-opening for you? Well... Boy, it, you know, there's, there's different choices, isn't there? But I, I think if I really settle on it and I go back to what I thought when Haywood went down and then when Kyrie went down, I just, I, I've always liked Terry Rozier, but I, I guess I didn't think he could perform at the level he's performed at. It's been uh, incredible to me how well he's taken care of the basketball. That's the biggest thing. Now, his road, um, road and home numbers, his splits aren't as great as, as if that's the case with most young players. But to me, he's, you know, he's, if, I don't want to call him a revelation because we've watched it, right? We've watched it over this season and even before that in, in bit roles. But he's really taken a huge step forward here. When we watched this series that just completed, and, and I was only half joking with Keith early on when I said Ben Simmons is shooting with his wrong hand, he might be. Yeah. 
Right. Did you see, you know, now Jackie, you saw on the last player. play. Well, you saw on the last play, right? He takes the ball under the basket and he throws the long baseball pass with his right hand. Right, yep. And he's yep. been shooting with his left hand and his shooting stinks. Well, but, so I'm left-handed and most left-handed people are a little ambidextrous. You know this, right? Yeah, I'm left-handed. I'm not a bit ambidextrous. <laughs> oh, you're not. So, like, I find myself, especially as I get older, I'm amazed. Sometimes when I'm using my the things I'm using my right hand for, but I talked to it's funny I talked to and his name is going to escape me and I'm going to apologize in advance, but it was for another story I was doing. I talked to Ben Simmons' high school coach. Uh, the name will come to me. He he was involved with Kyrie Irving too, and he, he kind of we were talking about Ben Simmons a little bit, and he said that uh, he he really believes a summer in the gym can fix it, and uh, because everything else about his game is just just spectacular. I mean he's really. He's really going to be a great, great player. This this draft class is really, really special. Really turned out to be. We, you know, we I feel like everybody says that every year, but there's some really, really good players in this draft class that, that we're just, you know, they're just finishing up their rookie year. Who would you rather have going forward, Ben Simmons or Jason Tatum? Um, unfair question. I want them both. <laughs> you got to pick one. You got to. You only have one, and you can break one. the tie because Dale and I have different answers. Yeah, because uh, well, I, we'll tell you our well, answers. Well, I've got Tatum. Your answer is Dale. I already know what your answer. I've is. got Tatum. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I can understand that. And um, wow, boy, I really do want them both. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> can, we, can I decide at the end? Sure, you, we can wait, circle wait, back. Go, Keith, we can brought our guests to our knees with this. I didn't mean to. I thought she was going to pick Simmons, then we could laugh at you. That's what I was hoping for. But that's all right. You can, yeah, we can, no, we can no, circle back I to think, that. I think what you're seeing, what you're seeing from Tatum, is is pretty unbelievable. Uh, the only thing I got, I got mad at him in this game the other night. Like, why are you driving the hole against Joel Embiid? Like, stop doing that. Hmm. But that's just a nitpicky little thing. He's playing beyond his years, and so is Jalen Brown, and that's why they're in the position they're in because those guys. Uh, you know, what they're doing, they're not afraid of anything, anyone, and that's what you want your young players to be like. And that was the one thing that I, there was some vulnerability uh, about Ben Simmons in this last round, and, and that's a credit to the Celtics. And, you know, they did what every team should have done, which was dared him to shoot beyond seven feet, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of amazing, isn't it, that teams didn't do that more? Kind yeah. of funny, right? Well, yeah, because we had a lot of callers call in and say, well, if Simmons can't shoot, I'm like, well, he hasn't been able to shoot all season, and he was incredible. He couldn't shoot against Miami, and he was incredible. So I don't know why it would change now, but it did. Well, that's because of the strategy, right? That's mm-hmm. the strategy of the Celtics. I mean, and that's what's, what's so interesting about um, this next series coming up, what, what Brad will do. I mean, I expect that he'll let LeBron get his, just like he let Giannis get his, and to some degree let Embiid get his. And, you know, try to shut everybody else down. Uh, you know, Kevin Love, to me, is the key to the series, really. Look at what he did against Tor- uh, uh, Toronto. I think he averaged almost 21 points a game. And what he did against Indiana, against the Pacers, he, he was bad. He was bad. They did a great job of using their long, athletic wins. Tell me, stop me when you think this sounds familiar, <laughs> um, to switch out on Kevin Love out there and cause him problems. And I expect that's exactly what Brad will do with his long, athletic young wings, too. Who do you think Brad will utilize to try to at least slow down LeBron as much as they can? I mean, will will Semi Ojale get a chance to to run at him a bit? Will Aaron Baines, whoever? Uh, his length, you know, hopefully that his length will bottom. You're not going to stop LeBron. He's on an an unprecedented tear here. It's it's unbelievable what he's doing. And I was there for the best of Jordan and Magic and and Bird and those guys. And it, this is every bit as good, if not better, than what those guys did at the very peak of their careers. And this guy's in his 30s. It's it's really incredible what he's done and the way he's lifted this team. It's uh, it, it kind of boggles your mind. 
And so, I, you know, I think Jalen Brown will play him, and I think it's uh, it's too bad because I don't think Jalen's 100%. I think he's, you know, he's, he's gutting it out here. But you guys, if you've had a hamstring pull, you know what that's like. It's not it's not the same for, for months or weeks afterwards. It takes a long time for those kind of things to heal. So I don't think he's 100%. Well, you'll see a bunch of different guys on him. But I honestly don't think that – I think LeBron's going to get his, and it's it's just a question of – you know, do you let George Hill and Kevin Love run that pick and roll to death the way they did in the Toronto series and they're going to make you look bad? It's kind of funny. You go back and look to the trade that they made. And remember the first couple of games, they were all world after they made that big trade and got rid of Isaiah and, and you know, sent to Wade, Wade back to Miami where he belonged and all that. And then now look at it. The only guy that's really had any major role and a successful role has been George Hill. The rest mm. of those guys, Larry Nance didn't even play in the last series. I think he will play in this series, though, because he's a long, athletic guy that can defend. So I think you'll see him in this series. But you haven't, you didn't see him in the last one. And then Rodney Hood doesn't even want to get off the bench and play. No, so they've had, no, somebody else you know, can play. Rodney Hood's an interesting guy. He, um, there's some stuff going on with Rodney Hood, I think. Yeah. And we heard that in Utah as well. Some, some person. Remember, he's the guy that slapped the cell phone out of the uh, right. The fans' hands, right. and uh, you know, I think there's something going on there that's bigger than basketball. That's just my own uh, thought. So I think that comes into play here. Now, early in the season, you spent some time with Kyrie Irving. You wrote a great article. We had you on, I think, right after that. How do you think mm-hmm. he's dealing with all of this? Obviously, the team is is playing well, and he's got to be happy for them. But he's not out there, right. and in particular against Cleveland. Oh well, see, that's the thing, isn't it? What a shame. Imagine if Kyrie was healthy, and here we are in this series. And I heard my colleague Stephen A. Smith say that if that were the case, he'd, he'd pick the Celtics to win over the Cavaliers, and I think most of us would. Uh, but, it's, but that's why I think it's been so incredible what Terry Rozier has done, because, of course, it's been a drop-off. You know, because what you miss with Kyrie Irving not in your lineup is the automatic 30 point, you know, 20, 25 points a game, automatic. And that's the biggest flaw with Boston, and we've said this all year. Their shooting comes and it goes. That's true with Rozier. That's true with Tatum. It's true with all these guys. It comes and it goes. Kyrie's one of those professional scorers where it rarely happens that way. So that's what you're missing. And it's got to be terrible for Kyrie. Just got to be terrible for him. This is this is you know what everybody envisioned, right? These two teams playing again with Kyrie up against his former team, and uh, it's you know it's a shame it's not going to go that way. Do you think Houston has much of a chance to dethrone Golden State? I do. Um, I'm still. I would. I, I don't love picking, but I. I still think I would take Golden State because you know that death lineup that they have, which hasn't played much together this year because of various injuries to Steph and you know Draymond Green was out for a while and, and even Kevin Durant was. It's just so lethal, and uh, and I think when you look at Houston, I'm still the part I'm not still sold on is. I never, I never bought into. Well, Chris Paul's never been to the conference finals. That's a, you know, a flaw in his game and his personality. I never bought into that because if you go back and look at the numbers from Chris Paul in earlier playoff series, it was never his fault. He always did his part. He might have had one bad game here and there, and people go back to the Oklahoma City series and the mistakes he made there. That, that's fine. But it wasn't. Chris Paul did his part to get his team there. The one I'm just not 100 percent sure about still is Harden. When the, when the, the stage is its brightest. And, you know, they are an ISO team, guys. Even though these two teams were the top, you know, both great defensive and offensive teams, the Houston Rockets rank 30th in assists per game pass in sharing the ball. I think Golden State's won. They're an ISO team. That's how they win. They isolate their best players and they score that way. And I'm just not convinced you can win at all doing that. 
not against a good defense like Golden State, which is underachieved all year. Their defense is underachieved all year. But I think now that we're in the postseason, that'll change. So it's not Chris Paul I'm worried about. It's uh, it's can Harden handle all the the, the bright lights because he couldn't last year on his own. The one thing reason I give them a shot is because defensively they're night and day from what they have been in the past. Mute and P.J. Tucker were two huge pickups for them, and Clint Capella's playing out of his mind. So I think it's going to be a great series. Any idea where LeBron will be playing next year? No idea. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> no. None, none but you don't think it'll be sense. Cleveland, do you? Um, I don't. But, you know, it's funny. Like Before, I used to think every place made sense. Now, all of a sudden, I think no place makes mm. sense. <laughs> because the Lakers, unless you get Paul George to go with you. Isn't it interesting, by the way, that Paul George had minor knee surgery? There's no such thing as minor knee surgery. Right. Um, so... If Paul George goes to L.A. with LeBron, I guess maybe that makes the most sense. You know, people talk about Philadelphia. I I don't think that makes a a lot of sense. People tell me, well, LeBron's not going to want to leave the East because he doesn't want to get caught in the crosshairs of having to play Golden State. I don't think LeBron James is afraid of anybody. The persistent rumor that makes me laugh out loud is LeBron James to Houston. I don't know how on earth Daryl Morey could possibly do that, but I guarantee you he's in his little whiteboard trying, because I was in his office preseason, and I did a preseason story on him. He's got this huge whiteboard, and I guarantee you he's, he's taking all his analytics and doing his mad analytic science and trying to figure out a way. But the only way would be to get someone to take on Ryan Anderson's contract, and, that, and that's not going to happen. And this series, you, I would assume, would have to think that Cleveland would have to be favored, right? Um, yes, they should be favored because of what LeBron's doing. But I think it's going to be a great series. And I do think the Cavaliers are vulnerable because uh, the lineup that they've used uh, it hasn't been together very long. You know, George Hill in the starting, they've moved Kyle Korver into the starting lineup. J.R. Smith comes and he goes. He's a little bit like the, some of the streaky Celtic shooters. And when he's on, they, you know, they're hard to beat because it's one more player that you, forces you not to double. I just don't expect Brad to double. I expect those wings to uh, try to contain Kevin Love. And if they contain Kevin Love, I really think they have a shot in this series. I really do. Um, but LeBron, he's just, he's just so much better than everybody else right now, and I don't, I don't know how you stop him. And so I'll just I'll put you down for Simmons over Tatum, just so we're clear. Oh, but wait, just, wait, just wait, at the wait, end, wait, you know, wait. just to put a bow on this, no, we'll just Simmons over Tatum. She, I don't have to say said. the words. I think that's what she said. How about Donovan Mitchell? You're going to leave him out of the equation? Uh, well, no, just for now, just for this, the last series that we saw, and I think the Philly guys were dead on when they were saying, you know, we're going to have to go through Boston for the foreseeable future, and I think we all anticipate mm-hmm. Celtics, 76ers for for years to come. You're right, Donovan Mitchell is incredible, but just these two yeah. guys alone. If you could only have one, I know it's a difficult question. Oh God, you're driving me crazy with this. I really, I really, uh, you know what? I'll take Tatum. I'll take Tatum. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Dale bullied you into it. I can tell he did. He bullied you into it. Jackie, we pre- I just know Dale longer. What? That's, That's fair. That's fair. We really appreciate the time. As always, good to talk to you again. All right, guys, hang in there. See Thanks, you, Jackie. Jackie. Jackie McMullen. Once again, I'm for, on an island. I'm on for an the island guy, Ben Unbelievable, unreal. She wasn't exactly firmly on my side. <laughs> I thought by she the was going to pull a Brady and plead the fifth. That's what I was I waiting she was for. Going to start crying for <laughs> crying out loud. What Jeez. we were doing there. Sorry. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.